0: My name is Cavernous Max Miner. I have been playing this game for most of a halfling's lifespan. And to prove it, I'll be sharing the latest classic version of the best game ever with my much younger hipster buddies. <laughs> I'm old. I'm the best. So, like, hey? Greetings, adventuresome soul. Grab your stool and peer into my hypnotic-sleeved hats and double-braided beard.
1: Um, okay. I like your beard. I really like his beard. Hi, I'm Juniper, and I brew my own beer in clay jugs that I buried in a vintage hole and sell online.
0: (laughs) I've invited some of the most profound and self-proclaimed famous youngsters. Fair wench, Prithee, is that chair not soft enough for thine posterior? Are you a perv? I'm grumbling if you are. I'm so about to
2: get triggered by this, jeez. I'm Mercedes and I blog semi-professionally about beekeeping and colony collapse.
0: If by that you imply that I am from the dimension of perv, then no. <laughs> they have no idea what secrets await them.
2: So like, I can do whatever I want, right?
0: We will have to let the dice decide that.
2: What fascist <laughs> doctrine is this based on, cook? I was told I can be whatever I want. This game seems more like a truth bath than a shower of sunshine. I'm Maiko. I rent goats for natural lawn maintenance from farm to table companionship.
0: Come, you have earned your place at the table. Adventure awaits.
3: Earned? Earned? I've never earned anything in my entire life. What sort of... I'm Moshel, and I run a successfully kickstarted podcast with multiple crowdfunding options and a monetized YouTube channel where I watch screensavers all day.
0: Now for my favorite part, the best part of the whole game, the moment that makes it all worthwhile, roll your stats. roll your stats. roll your stats. And roll your stats. Should I roll my stats? Yes, roll your stats. And that, my friends, is how we roll.
3: Rolling stats. Only on Nerd and Blundery or something. Tune in Tuesdays, Thursdays, or whenever. Jeez, why so much pressure?
0: God. Hey, roll your stats.
3: I thought we were trading beard oils.
0: The
2: shapes of those dyes are triggering me. Ugh.
3: <sighs> Can't I just earn XP based on
4: what I believe I'd be good at?
5: If I level up on SJW, do I have to choose a race?
4: The Swancast Podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Gravy Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are...
0: Grab your stool and peer into my hypnotic sleeve tat.
4: I'm Toast, your cobalt answer, And now, prepare to delve into the mind of your host, John. Menas! we got a ghost got a ghost i admit that i'm impressed since yeah. i'm how someone to come and sit and talk on stuff stuff
3: ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sounds of birds chirping away in the background can only mean well it can mean a bunch of things but mostly it means it's spring and uh if you're listening to the swarmcast i hope you're listening to it outside and the weather's nice and everything uh so hey guys it's me john and i've got uh with me right now i've got one of our uh, regular hosts, ruby
1: hey guys how you doing
3: how are you doing today, Ruby? I'm pretty good. Um, Who
1: do we have today?
3: Well, today joining us, we also have Carla with Weird Giraffe Games. Hey, Carla, how's it going?
5: Hey, it's going great. I'm so excited to be here.
3: So uh, we, are in, we are in Columbia, South Carolina. Where are you coming from? And where is Weird Giraffe Games located?
5: Uh, well, I am I'm currently at um, Huntsville, Alabama, and that's also where, where where Giraffe Games is. Oh,
3: that's pretty cool. That's actually not, I say not too far, but that's, <laughs> we're used to driving uh, right. back and forth to, to actually almost Alabama. Right, or Michigan. On a regular basis, so. 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 Oh
5: yeah, Michigan would be far. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's where my family's at, so. Yeah,
5: am I, my
3: I was going to say my family lives right there on the border of Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> oh,
5: that's cool. Um, my family is from Illinois. So that's like a good eight or so hour drive that I now hate. Like I used to like driving and then <laughs> I was far away and had to do the eight hour commute if I wanted to see my family. And now I pretty much hate driving.
3: <laughs> well, uh, Carla, we, we've got you on the show for a couple reasons. Uh, first off, There were a a few games, a couple games that were donated to uh, Scarab for for prize support and and such um, to be added to the game library and all that such from Weird Draft Games. And those two games were uh, Stellar Leap Mm -hmm. along with, I want to say it's Expansion. Uh, Yes. um, Frontiers. Frontiers. Yeah. And, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this name. It was Hyper...
5: (laughs) Super Hack Override. Super Hack Override.
3: I'll just kind of butcher it. Super Hack Override. Yes.
5: <laughs> gonna... So, um, with Super Hack Override, I have... Like, that was my first game. Um, my first game I designed and published and everything. And I made choices with that game. And I have learned a lot, specifically about how to name a game. <laughs> <laughs> because that one, it's just like... Well, it's too long. It has three words. Um, it also has override in it, where... Um, if you're, like, super into computers, you might know Override. But if you're not, like, the, the normal person thinks of, like, Overdrive, like a car.
1: Right. Yeah.
5: Um, it's just, there's a lot of things wrong with it. But um, I guess, like, you have to make those mistakes to learn from them. Because if you never, like, make a horrible title, then you never know what makes a good title.
3: <laughs> Interesting. I have a question. How
1: did you guys come up with the name Weird Giraffe Games? Yeah,
3: that's a great question.
5: So, um, my full name, well, my first and last name is Carla. And I really like weird animals. Like, when I was growing up, I basically didn't watch regular TV. I watched Animal Planet. That was the only thing, really, that my parents were okay with. It was Animal Planet. So, I know all these weird animals, including... The Okapi. So, the Okapi, it is um, the only other thing in the Giraffid family, and I think it's just a really cool animal. So, is that um, what
1: the, the little giraffe icon is supposed to be for your, in your logo, is the Okapi? Yes. Okay.
5: Yes. So, uh, when we were figuring out names for the company, um, Weird Draft Games was originally four people, um, and we couldn't figure out a name, so I thought I'd be clever. And make, well, like, going back to that whole, like, I'm bad at names thing. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, okay, we could be E Games and use my name in there. And it's just Okapi, but it's spelled differently. And when I presented this idea, I just got blank stares. <laughs> <laughs> so you like puns as well, apparently. Um. I wouldn't say I like them. I would say that I'm really bad at them.
1: <laughs> well, most people are, so... Yeah.
5: So, I tried, and I made the little uh, icon that you see, um, and I did that in paint, and I thought that would make the whole, like, Copy Games thing work, and it didn't.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, so, I was like, well, I spent, like, a whole hour just pixeling this little icon. What name can go with it? And... The Okapi is kind of like a weird giraffe. So it became Weird Giraffe Games. I think at that point, um, the other members of the uh, company were just like, you know, I don't care. <laughs> have it done. Um, so yeah, Weird Giraffe Games. But if you ever go to Disney, um, like the Disney in Orlando, they do have Okapis there. They actually got a baby recently.
3: Oh, I was wondering where we could actually go see okapis. No, you go, weren't. We'd have to go to New Orleans. No, you
1: weren't.
3: What? <laughs> I, I am now. I'm <laughs> like, huh? What does this weird giraffe actually look like?
5: Yeah. It looks like uh, like half zebra, half like deer with a longish neck. Hmm. It's Really cool.
1: It's different. Probably have seen it on nature shows, but not registered it. Yeah.
5: Probably well, so. The okapi is really weird because, like, um, like most people or, like, even like people like searching for animals didn't really discover it until about
3: 1901.
5: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's like a forest giraffe thing. Like, it's it doesn't really make noise and it's kind of hidden and they're shy, so it's oh, probably not wow. on a lot of like nature shows.
3: Wow, that is...
5: (laughs) So were you going to make a a game with an Okapi in it? (laughs) Oh, I already... So I did make a game with an Okapi in it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I also have a second company that is Galactic Raptor Games. And our first game was Animal Kingdoms. And one of the animals in the game, there's only eight animals, is the Okapi. So I was really happy about that. (laughs) Okay. We will... Teach the world about okapis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, okapis aside and such. Although now it's like I bet we could turn a whole segment into I
5: bet we could talking
3: about okapis.
5: Oh, okapis and weird games and well, <laughs> games, but like other weird animals like the pangolin. <laughs> the pangolin's pretty cool. Um, but we could also get back to board games. If yeah. We
3: could, yeah. Although now I really want to ask about it. <laughs> A pangolin.
5: That could be, like, after hours.
3: Okay. <laughs> huh. Well, anybody listening, uh, what's the weirdest animal you've ever heard of? Uh, email us at uh, swarmcastpodcast at com, And uh, whichever animal we think is the weirdest, we'll, I don't know, we'll send you something. Yeah, something. Sure, why
1: not? <laughs> We've got all sorts of random weird stuff here.
3: Well, we'll send you a weird thing to go with your weird animal. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh let's get back to talking about weird giraffe games with, right. with Carla over here.
1: Um I know that our group has played Stellar Leap. We actually mm-hmm. played it a couple of times. I don't remember did we actually record the review for it and has it been put up yet?
3: We did record the review and it did go up. I wanna say it went up around the same time as Scarab. Okay. Or a little bit after Scarab, so around January or so.
1: Alright, so we'll and Link. Excuse me. We will include a link to that to review. To that particular review. Yeah. yeah.
3: I believe that review is actually, it's probably actually broken out separately as well on our review page. Okay. Um, but I know that the three of us who played it, we all really liked it. And I was intrigued by the fact that it, like with a lot of games that Weird Giraffe Games puts out, have a single player mode. So they yeah. they they're from one to whatever number of players.
5: Yes, I am very passionate about my solo uh, designs. Um, mm-hmm. I actually design all the um, solos for all the ga- games that I've published so far. Um, and Stellar Leap was actually the first um, solo that I designed.
3: And it's a very interesting one to be, to be a solo player game because there's there's a, um, and I mean this in a good way. There's a lot going on with that game. You've got you've got a lot of stuff that you're actually putting on the table and 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 dealing with. I. I was fascinated by by that. No, um, there's there's different alien races in it, but there's no um, a copy aliens.
5: <laughs> no, there aren't. There
3: there are there are bird aliens because I think that's what I was playing mostly.
1: That is what you played, yes.
3: Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. So that that was so. All the names for the species in uh, Star Leap they were decided on by the backers. Like backers suggested names. Oh, interesting. And voted on them. And that one was almost the space bird.
6: <laughs> but, now, I also yeah. got
3: I got the impression that, that several of the planets in that game were also named by um, Kickstarter backers. Is that correct too?
5: Um so each of the planets was like discovered by a Kickstarter backer. Um but yes, some of the names were uh, like um well it had like a tier and the uh-huh. tier was to discover um, the the planet, but then they would, like, tell me things about their life, so I incorporated that into the naming of the planets. Oh, neat. Yeah, so um, I think my favorite one is the, um, I believe it's, like, 1989 Carolyn, where that is um, one of the backers. His wife is named Carolyn, and their anniversary is um, that year. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool.
1: So your kickstart was a very interactive kickstart for the game.
5: Yes, yes. I really like to try to get, like, the backers involved and to get their opinions on things and to, like, really get them to, like... If they get this game that they kickstarted, like, they are part of it. That is a really neat
3: feature. Yeah. I wish we had kickstarted it now.
5: (laughs) Well, we didn't know about
1: weird draft games until last year.
3: year. We could have had uh, a Planet Swarmcast. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yes, that would have been so cool <laughs>
3: Who knows, maybe if an expansion comes out He says, oh. stroking his beard evilly
5: Yes, I won't like say for sure what will happen But I might have just been uh, emailing somebody about an expansion that's a rolling right hmm. Oh, I, I guess that wouldn't be an expansion like a What, people? People? Game sequel maybe okay yeah I, I, have...
3: I got you gotcha. like I like, not a yeah yeah not a direct expansion person
5: but I have been working like on and off like ever since i um, started designing Starly on not exactly a um, legacy game but more of a campaign game Where you can, like, make different choices and there's aliens that come and you get to, like, decide if you're going to, like, team up and do what they want or not do what they want. And that's been... I've been working on that for a couple years now. We'll never know if it'll actually, like, be (laughs) a thing. But I have lots of ideas. And that's always good for a game designer to have lots of
1: ideas. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Kickstarters, Uh I hear that
5: there is one coming out soon what was that so um our next game is called big easy busking and it's hitting kickstarter on may 14th and Um, what is
1: this game about
5: so in this game you are a street musician in new orleans and you want to be the best street musician that there is and you do this by getting the most money um the game is an area control game and you start off with a certain number of songs Um, You start off on Thursday night and it goes all the way to Saturday. So Thursday night is kind of slow and there's only three crowds, but on Friday there's four and on Saturday there are five. So you have to try to um, either figure out what songs you're going to use because you can't play any song twice. No crowd likes that. Um, And you can learn new songs or play standard songs that everyone knows. Um, But the most important part about this game, I think, is the whole player interaction part of it. Um, Because when you start playing a song, songs take time to actually finish. Like, you don't just, like, start a song and then it's immediately over. You have to, like, entertain the crowd. So on one of your turns, you'll start playing a song. And everyone goes around the table and they start playing to a specific crowd.
1: So is there actual music involved? Do you get bonus points if you can, you know, sing or keep a beat?
5: Uh, well, not in the base game. I do like to make <laughs> variants of games. Uh, most of my games have at least one or two variants just to make something a little more fun. Um, so we could have something with singing and stuff with that, with a variant. But no actual singing. It's all just cubes okay. and energy. Because like each of your band members only has a certain number of energies, so you can't like just play drum solos all night because your drummer is gonna get so tired.
3: Um, <laughs> like you said, that while that's going on, you've, you've also got to do other things to entertain the crowd.
5: Yeah. So um, as it's going around, you get to see where each player is like playing their song, um, and then when it gets back to your turn, you actually get to decide how much energy you're going to put into your like final part of that song. So you could put like all your energy in and get extra um, dollars, or you could take your energy back and not put that much effort into the song and be able to redistribute it to your other band members. Okay. Um, and your other choices are, um, instead of going out and um, playing songs for the crowd to get money, you can also go learn a song. Um, and you just take um, energy from each of your band members and you can learn a new song. Um, so you can play it on a subsequent night.
3: That does sound pretty cool. Um,
5: I
1: saw the picture that you sent, John.
3: Yeah. It's, it looks very colorful, It's a very colorful-looking game.
5: Oh, yes. Yeah. So have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not. So New Orleans is this really, really unique place. They have fantastic, like, really flavorful food. The music there, like the blues and the jazz um but also the art like the art is super colorful like it is all like rainbow colors everywhere um i would just say like if you had to describe new orleans i would say like colorful in everything that they do so um we tried to um recreate that whole new orleans feel um in the art
3: yeah it definitely shows uh yeah because when i was like i actually i was like oh look here's the game that Here's the game that they're going to be kickstarting soon. And Ruby was like, whoa, that's a lot of color. It's a big, it's a big (laughs) rainbowy splash all over the, all over all the cards. Because they're they're, they're all splayed out. Um, Mm -hmm. That's going to be, that's going to be really cool. So that, and that kickstart's actually coming, going to be starting um,
5: May 14th. May
3: 14th is when I I believe you saw this.
5: And if people want to go um, see the Kickstarter, it should be at um, mm-hmm. slash big easy.
3: Okay. In fact, um, I want to say that for certain other games, you you can, if you go to Weird Giraffe Games and you see one that you're interested in, if it's not quite out, I want to say I've seen other places on your website where you can uh, essentially subscribe to an email list or such where you get notified when it comes out.
5: Yep. Yep. I do have a mailing list on my website. You just go to weird and you can sign up for it.
3: In fact, if you go to weird and look and you, and you go to the about thing, you're going to see, you're going to see Carla's information all over it.
7: Oh,
1: really? Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've been to the site about a year. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <sighs> um,
3: but yeah, but but that being said, I did notice that one of the staff members is a cat.
5: Yes. So the main staff for Weird Draft Games is me, uh, my partner Nick, and also our cat Fluffins. So Fluffins, he has a really important job. <laughs> he has to always like whenever we're playing a board game, we have to give him the lid through the game so he can sit and watch us. <laughs> And make sure we're doing like all the playtesting really well. <laughs> um, quality control. And he's also like emotional support. Like whenever I've been working too hard, he makes sure to come around and tell me to take a break. And that break will include just petting him.
3: Our cats are similar, except uh, not as supportive.
1: No, no, they're not. They just like to, they're jerks. They're yeah. big jerks, <laughs> yep. but they're That's
5: cute. Weird. Like, um, it's, Like, whenever we have any, like, business meetings, like, when me and Nick are, like, going to sit down and talk about something, Fluffins is there, he's on the table, and he's just listening. It's like, he always (laughs) knows when board games are happening. It's really uh, weird. Our our,
3: our cats are not interested in games at all.
1: That's not true. Yin likes role-playing games. Whenever whenever we have the group over and, and John's running a game... Yin shows up and, like, is in everybody's lap. He sits there for about an hour in everyone's lap and then goes away.
3: Right. Or he takes my chair and sits behind the GM screen and stares at everybody.
1: So what other games does Weird Giraffe games have? I mean, we've only talked about Super Hack over... Right, ride,
3: not overdrive.
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm also dyslexic, so reading it, I want to say drive, but
3: yeah. Um, At least you didn't say like hyper something like I did. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Stellar leap, and now, oh, it's not busking in the Big Easy. What was it?
5: Uh, Big Easy, Big Easy, busking.
1: You were pretty close. I was.
5: So we have another game that is out right now that people can just go buy, and it is Fire in the Library. Um, this is a game for one to six players, um, that plays in about thirty minutes where you're saving books from a burning library. That's right. That was on your ad you
1: submitted to for the con book.
3: And oddly yeah. enough, I think we may have actually seen a copy of that when we were at ShushCon, That's which right. is which is in which takes place in and is sponsored by a library.
5: That's right. <laughs> oh, that would be great. But yeah, um, in the game, uh, you are essentially, um, you have a variable turn order. Um, so if you are going first, you're being really risky and you won't be able to um, get as much fire. Um, but if you go fifth, um, you'll be able to handle a little more fire because you are paying a bit more attention. Wait, um, are you trying to collect the fire or collect the books out of the fire? I want to collect the books. Okay. Like, if you um, get too much fire, you uh, burn books. Um, And you also cause the wings of the library To burn down And if you ever cause a um, Certain wing of the library to um, Completely burn down The game is over immediately Oh my Um, Yes So in the game, you are pulling cubes from a bag, essentially. But if you get a color that's not red, you will have gotten a book. Um, If you get a red one, that's fire. If you get one red one in a safe space, um, you're fine. But if you get two total fire tokens or a fire token in a risky space, and the earlier you go, the more risky spaces there are, you will burn things.
3: And you were talking about how, you know, you you had this issue with naming games. Um, That one pretty much... Is very succinct and summarizes the whole game right there, right? Fire in the library? Yes,
5: Yes, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better. Um, I've learned a lot of things, essentially, but you can learn a lot when you're doing anything. (laughs) Um, But one cool thing about that game is uh, well, it's also a solo game, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a robot player, but. I actually designed a um, another solo variant so you can play against the robot if you want. But while I was getting it play tested, I actually got the feedback that um, the robot caused a bit too much anxiety. Oh, no. So I made a different solo variant where you're just battling the game, essentially, and time. Um, because you have a certain number of rounds, and you might not get that many rounds if you cause things to burn too fast.
1: That'd be uh, my luck. I'd be setting everything on fire.
5: <laughs> so, um it really goes to what kind of player type you are. Like, hopefully, I've made both modes, so like if you just want a more calm experience, you can just battle the game. But if you want to be pushed to really, you know, save as many books as possible, then the robot will definitely force you um, past your boundaries. Our other game um, that we kickstarted last year is called Dreams of Tomorrow. Um, This is a game for one to six players that plays in about 45 minutes, and you are a dream engineer in the future, and you are trying to save the past by sending dreams so you can change uh, your reality.
6: Interesting. Um,
5: That sounds
1: like a webcomic.
5: Whoa. That would be cool if somebody did a webcomic or a had like enough money to like make this happen <laughs> but it <laughs> hasn't happened so far but this is another like small quick easy to learn game but it has some twists as well um it has a rondelle and for those that don't know what a rondelle is it's basically um you get to move one to three spaces and there's a certain number of action spaces and you basically go in a circle taking these actions over and over again Um, The cool part about it, though, is that the rondelle can move. So it's not always going to be a static thing where you know exactly, like, you can plan, like, five turns in advance, like, Mm -hmm. this is what Uh I'm going to do. You can use your dreams that you have caught, and you can just shift around um, the rondelle. You can move people around, and, well, you can put them farther away from the places you think that they want to be. But more importantly, you can get to where you want to go a lot faster if you can use your dream abilities to um, the okay. most. Control. So
3: that kind of simulates the um, being affecting the past with the by sending dreams back from the future.
5: Mm-hmm. That's kind of oh, like that. And so we talked a little bit about puns in the <laughs> uh-huh. game. There's two game modes. There's the regular game mode, and you can add in a nightmare, which is a horse maple. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so it's
1: more of a visual pun
5: yeah well i always refer to it <laughs> as a nightmare with like a space because it, it's just the night space mare like yeah. Hmm. Um, hmm. but yeah that is adds in a bunch of chaos and it makes the the rondel move without you moving it so yes okay. you are actually actively fighting against the nightmare to try to save your future well i'm curious how long has weird draft been in business
1: when was when was the first game put out
5: uh 2016 okay oh wow
3: this is still relatively newish at least with weird draft games
5: oh yeah yeah like i haven't been doing this that long um that was my first design game um and i started working on like In January of 2016. Like actually learning how to design games. How to publish. Um, And Weird Draft Games has definitely. uh, Been evolving. As we go. um, To be like a certain thing. Because like when I started out. I just wanted to design. You know whatever games. But like at this point. I have kind of a vision of what we want to do. Like we want to make games that are. Pretty easy to learn. um, But like have replayability and strategy. Like if you play once, you want to play again because there's some other strategy that you didn't use and you want to see like how that goes. Um we want to do things like make games that are really accessible. Um the art direction, um as you said with Big Easy Busking was really colorful. Mm-hmm. But like fire in the library as a full rainbow of tools um, Dreams of Tomorrow is really, like, well, it's a super sci-fi, but it has all the colors that there are, which is really cool to me as well. Um, but, like, they're colorblind friendly. Um, I try to make things, like, um, player aids so that you don't have, like, a high cognitive load. And what I mean by that is that you're not, like, thinking, like, all the things you have to do. Like, you're not trying to remember everything because... Uh-huh the card basically tells you how to play the game. Okay. So you're really only focusing on like the strategy and the fun part and not like, okay. Rules. This.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and from my experience with stellar leap, the, uh, everything you've just said, that was very true with that. We had, we had a nice reference card that told us everything that was possible on our turn. It looked daunting at first, but really setting it up and everything turned out it wasn't that bad. And it is one of those games that I, I, could easily see me playing a few more times, um, mm-hmm. if I can ever get, you know, Doug and Matt to sit down and Well, it'll be play even it harder
1: with. now that Matt's in Portland.
3: Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll get but,
3: some other people to play with me then. Yeah, right. Or play by myself. Yes.
5: Yeah, you could play it by yourself, cause like, um, I don't know if you realize this, but um, the solo mode for Stellar Leap it has three different robot players. So you get to play against one of those and try to figure out, like, how to beat it, which will probably take you a number of plays for each one of them. Uh-huh. But once you've, like, figured out the strategy, you can actually play against two of the robots at the same time.
1: So you can where... make it harder each time.
5: And then you can, oh, once you um, do every combination of two, you can also play against all three at the same time. And depending on the order of the robots, um, it's harder um, in a certain way. If the attacker goes last and you're fighting all three robots, that is the hardest way to play solo. Huh. Okay. Huh. Make that in a there lot right now. Of... Yeah. Um, I tried to make a lot in there for the solo player because... You know, even if you're just playing solo, I want you to like feel like you got like your money's worth out of the games.
3: Oh, yeah. And there's definitely enough variety in that game to to, to keep it going for either just yourself or multiple players. Right. Um, and is that the kind of thing we can expect from uh, busking in the Big Easy? Or yeah. Or Big Easy busking?
5: Yeah. So um, that game has a bunch of different abilities where um, – The abilities are the standard songs that everyone can play, Mm -hmm. um, but you can only play with one per game. Or if you play in the Mardi Gras variant, you can go crazy and play um, three per game. But there's enough there um, that you will have to change your strategy depending on what ability is out there, but also the different crowds. There's a large variety of crowds where you can get all high rollers or you can get people that are pretty stingy. Um, and there's also the solo mode for that one as well.
1: Where will Weird Giraffe Games be next?
5: So, next, um, we'll probably be after this um, podcast goes uh, live. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to be at Proto ATL, which is the weekend of the 4th. May 4th? Uh, May, yes. Okay. Um, we'll be there. Um, but we're also going to be at Origins in June.
1: Oh, yes, um, we will be there as well. Yeah. Okay.
5: Oh. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, Last year at Origins, we did have a booth, but it was a smaller one, and we were in, like, the entrepreneur alley. Mm -hmm. But this year, we are getting a full 10 by 20 booth, which is, uh, like, basically two booths put together. And I should have a pretty um, good, like, uh, booth crew with me as well. Okay,
1: Will you be doing demos of any of your games at your
5: booth? Oh, yes. So you'll be able to do... um, Just small playthroughs of Stellar Leap and Fire in the Library and Dreams of Tomorrow. But we also have a number of events where you can go to the Origins event list and you can play any of our games. Like we have um, people to teach you how to play. Um, They'll go through a turn. They'll be there if you have any questions. Um, But you can play full games of all of our games. So whether you want just a demo or if you want just somebody to pitch at you the 32nd or if you want the full Let's sit down and go through this all the way. We will have what you want.
1: And of course, you'll be there to sell the game to them as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they should buy it. They really should.
3: Well, this is well, this is <laughs> uh, yeah, this has been very um this has been very cool sitting down there and talking and talking with you Carlo about weird draft games and about all the games and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing The Kickstarter for Big Easy Busking.
1: Carla, thank you very much for coming on tonight and Mm -hmm. talking with us. Uh, I look forward to seeing the Kickstarter and uh, all your future games from Weird Giraffe.
3: Yep. And um, just real quickly, where can our listeners get information about Weird Giraffe games?
5: So we have a website. It's weirdgiraffegames.com. I'm also on Twitter, which is at um, Weird Giraffes. And I have a Facebook page, weirddraftgames.com. But yeah, feel free to reach out on any of those platforms or just email me at contact at weirddraftgames.com. It's been so fun to be on and thank you so much for having
4: me. One cast has board game reviews for you, yeah. We've got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game reviews. You'll really like it or I'll make you eat your shoes. <laughs>
3: well, we're getting ready to talk about a game that Ryan over here just played at Scarab 2019. So, what game are we going to be talking about right now, right?
8: Talking off, Get Off My Land?
3: Get Off My Land. That's a s- subtle hint.
8: No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, I love the game. Okay. <laughs> um, from an art perspective, it was fantastic. Just this hillbilly, you know, straw in the, between the teeth kind of um, artwork with everybody carrying shotguns and pitchforks. <laughs> it was fantastic from that perspective. Okay.
3: okay. So,. Uh, and So what's so was that your, your good about this that game? Was my good, that was my good.
8: Uh, <laughs> my not so good would be, I think it said somewhere around either 45 minutes plus, 45 minutes or so. It was a long game. Uh-oh. And I didn't feel like that was, I'm trying to edit, like I'm trying to factor out the learning curve element to that. Gotcha. It was pretty intricate. Um, they had two different forest types that were nearly identical. So trying to determine dark versus light forest was like, very difficult on the huh. pieces so there are a few things they could probably clean up um, I was surprised by that forest issue just because the art was so good otherwise um, but other than that okay. it was a fun game different, different style it's got kind of a a Catan Longest Road feeling with the way you build your fences and try to edge <laughs> each other in but yeah it's it's new it's fun
3: okay well cool um, gosh did did we just cover the the good band and the other or
8: was yeah it, it was kind of all three oh, that's fine blended them together on that one well cool
3: all right, well, cool. Well, uh, thank you, Ryan, for, for talking to me about your experience playing Get Off My Land. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, we're here at Scarab 2019, and uh, Kelly has joined me to talk about a game. Uh, I believe this game is Northern Pacific, if I if I That's correct. It. All right, cool. So um, tell me something good about this game.
9: Uh, something good about the game is that you are... Uh, you are trying to anticipate what the other players are going to do. The point of the game okay. is to build a railroad connection between Minneapolis and Seattle. The point is, is that there are about 30 individual small towns in the middle. You want to you make sure that you are one of the small towns that the railroad goes through. It's never going to go through more than uh, 10 towns. So everyone is trying to decide which town they're trying to buy influence in to score points when the railroad goes through it.
3: Okay. Interesting. If,
9: if the railroad does not go through the town, that's one of the bad things, uh, because you don't have you only have control over whether you're investing in a town or deciding whether the town is going through it, that oh, whether okay. the railroad is going through that town oh, or I not. Gotcha. So, gotcha. when you decide to invest in a town, every other player is going to get the chance to have the railroad track move around that town and and knock you out of the out of the oh, running.
3: Gotcha. So what's something? Uh, well, what's something bad we could say about skin?
9: Well, that would be, but that, that would be, that would probably be the bad thing. Is that oh, that have, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. is is that you have to? It is, it is a lot, uh, it is a lot meaner game than you would expect from the way that it's set up.
3: Okay, so what's something we could say in our uh, other category here for northern? Well, the Desert? other
9: category is that the regular game, as it played, even though it was, it was mean, it was fun, but there are three different scoring, opporti- scoring options they have as variant plays in the back, which are great. One of them, you don't count any negatives that you lose during the game; it's only positive, so that's good. Another one, oh, okay, you okay. don't count score at all you're just looking at at who can uh who can connect fast uh fastest uh wow. twice in a row if you're playing shorter rounds so they they there's hmm. it's more of a toolbox so if if someone had gotten this and was playing it they would you know they would decide which of the three ways they wanted to play
3: oh that's pretty cool I yep. like that. well cool well um thank you thank you kelly for sitting here and telling talking with me about northern pacific Um, I hope you continue to have fun while you're here at Scarab.
9: All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
3: Swarmcast podcast still here at Scarab 2019. And I have sitting at the table with me, Miriam. How's it
10: going, Miriam? It's going great. I'm here at Scarab. (laughs) So what game
3: are we going to be talking about right now?
10: Uh, I just played Pajaggle.
3: Okay. Have you played Pajaggle before this? I watched
10: some people play it last year, but I didn't jump in. And this year it was the first thing I did.
3: Oh, very cool. Well... Why don't you tell me something good about Pajagle?
10: What was cool about it is there were several things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play it on different levels, and you can make it harder for yourself by you know timing it, or you can make it easy on yourself and just play okay. casually. Uh, you can play by in a solo game. You can play with pairs. You can get teams together and do different things. So it's very versatile.
3: Okay. And. Um Pajaggle is, and, and that's a game where you basically are taking shapes and you're trying to put them back in their their. It the reminded me a little to. bit of
10: the old Perfection, but yeah, it was, it was I, more complicated.
3: Right, I always thought about that too, because um, that's the one that used to have a timer and it would pop all the pieces right. out. If you this one
10: doesn't it. startle you, but right, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to put your put the timer on. <laughs> it does come with a timer, so that was that's, cool. That's true. That's I liked the case also. The uh-huh. board slot slid out of. Box and all the pieces are stored inside. So it was, I was looking at it from a school librarian point of view. Oh, that when the students come, uh, they they get rewards, and one of the rewards they can use is to come to the library and play play games, and that would be a really good self-contained game for students to play by themselves or in a pair Mm -hmm. when they come in pairs, and uh, it would, you know, be appropriate for several grade levels without me that, having yeah. to really explain anything. So it was right, right. really independent.
3: And um, the makers of Prejaggle, uh, they have many different colors of the pieces and the boards themselves.
10: Yeah, they had so. one uh, iteration of the game where they said if you had more than one uh, set and they're mm-hmm. different colors, you could play um, against each other on the same board. Uh-huh. And it reminded <laughs> my son of Splatoon, oh, okay. the uh, okay. video game. Okay. Where I can you're see kind that. of battling for territory. Right. So.
3: Yeah, okay. I could see that. I could see. Yeah.
10: That. So it was uh I can see myself using it in the library from several different situations. It would be very versatile.
11: Okay.
3: Well, why don't you now tell us something uh, something bad about Pajago?
10: If you see what it is and it's not for you, then it's just not for you. Otherwise, I didn't see anything negative about it. If you look at it and okay. it looks like something you might want to play, like it's something that you always will find something to do with like i said the versatility means it can grow with your kids or uh if you're a child it'll grow with you (laughs) and um it's portable so i really don't see anything negative about it i don't know if um maybe it's a party game that people would get super excited about but yeah okay um, okay. it doesn't last very long you know right a couple minutes here and there but you know all of that is very obvious when you're looking at it so (laughs) You know, if that doesn't appeal to you, you wouldn't get it anyway. Right.
3: <laughs> well, is there anything you want to tell us about Pajagal that goes into our other category? You've kind of covered a lot of ground there, <laughs> so.
10: I'm not known for uh, not covering my bases. <laughs> 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 I talk a lot. <laughs> well, that's fine.
3: Well, in that case, uh, thank you, Mary, for, for coming to the booth and talking to us about Pajagal.
10: Great. Well, thanks for having me on, and it's great to be here.
3: Yeah, and uh, I hope you have a lot more fun at Scarab 2019. Guaranteed. Bzz. All right, it's Sunday morning at uh, Scarab 2019, and here at the booth to talk about a game, we have a, a gentleman by the name of John. Good morning. Good morning. And no, it's it's not just me making a different voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, John, have you been having a good time at Scarab?
12: Yeah, it's been great. This is maybe our... We've been coming to all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember if this is the ninth Scarab. Yes, this the, is year nine. Yep. So we've been here nine years. This is the one oh. consistent thing in our entire lives. We <laughs> go to uh, Christmas at different places, uh-huh. holidays at different places. Uh, we've moved five or six times in the last several years. <laughs> uh, but Scarab is the one consistent thing in our entire lives.
3: Well, well very cool. I'm, I'm glad we could be there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what game are we going to be talking about today? Blood of an Englishman. Blood of an Englishman. Um, I've played that game before. It's, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, let's see what you thought about it. Can you I really it? liked
12: it. Okay. The <clears throat> I love games where the theme of the game really makes sense, uh-huh. where it's not just a mechanic with some kind of theme laid right, over it. Right, right, right. And you're just playing against the mechanic. The, this game, yeah. the theme makes total sense. The, there's a giant mm-hmm. and Jack. The, right. the giant... Fee, five, fo fum, <laughs> is trying to prevent Jack from building, from climbing the beanstalks and taking the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, the the of the game and the theme of the game work really, really well together.
3: Yeah. So um, go ahead and tell us
12: something something good about uh, Blood of an Englishman. I like how simple it is to set up. Uh, there's a deck okay. of cards, and all of the cards are laid out in five rows of ten cards each. Right. So there's not a lot of complicated pieces. It's just shuffle a deck of cards, lay them out, right. and you're ready to play.
3: Yeah. Uh, can you tell us something in our bad category for Blood of an Englishman?
12: Under uh, Understanding the mechanic, it's not quite bad, I would say, but uh, like most games, it takes a while to un- really understand what's going on. The rules in this game are quite simple, uh-huh. and I'm supposed to be saying something bad, but I'm slipping a good thing <laughs> into <laughs> That's the, the instructions for both Jack and the Giant, the two players competing uh-huh. with each other. The instructions are on a little card that each player has. The instructions for both players, okay. So we know the the abilities of both players, right? We, but then uh, it takes a little while to figure out the uh, how to use that mechanic and understand how it works.
3: Okay. And I, I, that was my experience with it as well. Yeah. Um. So go ahead and tell us something that's in our other category for for this game.
12: I love the artwork. All of these, uh, all the games of this genre have uh-huh. fantastic artwork. The, um, the beanstalks, the prizes, the um, the cards with uh, the words, each individual card, fee, fi, fo, fum, uh-huh. the, the artwork and all these cards. Uh, it's really beautiful and it makes total sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, it really ties in with the theme of the game. Right. Yep. Oh, well, cool.
3: Well, John, uh, thank you very much for stopping by then and talking with us about your your how much fun you've been having here at Scarab and the game Blood of an Englishman.
12: Thank you, John, for sharing the love of board games.
13: Yep.
3: All right, Swarmcast is still here at Scarab 2019, and I have at the booth Shane. How's it going?
13: It's going very well, thank you.
3: So you just got through playing a game called Blood of an Englishman. Blood of an Englishman. Okay. Uh, did you have fun playing that?
13: Yeah, it was actually a really fun time. So at first, you know, we didn't know how to play, but we mm-hmm. got the game, and... uh read through it and i don't know maybe 15 minutes or 10 minutes and we started playing played two games so it was a really good game
4: okay well why don't why
3: don't you tell me something good then about blood of an englishman
13: so was, we're not really big gamers per se like as far as playing a lot of board games and it takes okay. a while to learn how to play games this one was actually pretty intuitive and for actually but when you play it for a while you're like you're not sure you know the rules but then after a while it clicks and then once it clicks you just know how to play it and it's fun
3: my wife and I had that same experience when we first played it as well. We're we're kind of in the same boat. We're not huge into, into board games per se, um, but we we liked it because it was a nice two player game also. And like Absolutely. you said, like you said, it played it once you once you figure it out, it it actually sets up and plays pretty quickly.
13: Right. So the first the first game <laughs> we played played two games. First game, the the Jack ended up winning the game because Jack versus the, the Giant and Jack right. and the Beanstalk fame. Uh, and Jack won. And the second game, Jack was winning again. I was playing the Giant. Uh-huh. And I thought for sure Jack was just going to breeze through a second victory. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like like a moment of clarity, I said, oh, I see how this works. I can win the game when two moves away. And my uh, Jack also realized the same thing. <laughs> and the next thing I know, it was fee Five fo fum And that was all she wrote. And, <laughs> and the Giant won. So it was a really good time. Good game.
3: Okay. Why didn't you tell me something uh, bad about Bad management
13: like, kind of like I was just talking before, like at first I was like, man Jack's gonna win like every time <laughs> until you see that the giant can win because Jack gets three moves the giant only gets one right uh, so th- Jack can do like all sorts of different moves where the giant's kind of slow and cumbersome but uh, it seems like those balance pretty well so the bad part would be you might think that Jack's gonna win every time, but I'm here to tell you that that's not true.
3: okay And uh, what can you tell me that would go into our other category:
13: other category um i would say from like aesthetically it looked really nice but it, it, thematically it was good too they had like little bean socks. the art was really nice on it 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 looked and felt fun to play
3: okay well cool well well thank you shane for sitting down here at the booth and talking to me about blood of an englishman great and i hope you uh, have fun at scarab and play
13: more games great thanks so much <laughs>
4: Um, as I bought them reviews from the swarm cast, If you don't like it, i come over a kick down. Tail! Tail! <laughs> Toast meant to say tail! <laughs> Toast one Ooh. Why do you do that? Oh yeah! Swarm cast I got your number. I'll call you all the time. Area code 803 470 huh 4704439 4439 huh Hey, what's up? Um, excuse me, but huh? let me tell you about my
0: game. Oh.
1: Uh. <laughs> We're here! for the 2019 Smash Winners Announcement. So, we'll start with runner-up. We have Emily! You came in second place. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't score because it was obvious. (laughs)
12: <laughs> she got way more. I, I was trying to beat my rival. We didn't yes. compete. <laughs> yes, 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 yes,
1: yes.
3: So, so I guess you beat him okay,
1: then. Come
12: place. First off, you
1: get a bag of brains. Because everybody Yay. needs more brains. Everybody needs more brains. Yeah. Uh, a Can wonderful we... scarab um, chain from our vendors. An exclusive Origins. Uh, the... Beer glass. Beer glass, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really late in the con. I mean this is Monday morning. We're all tired. Right. We're we have a dice roller. roller. It yeah. is year five, but they were only mm-hmm. given out.
6: No, that's okay. Awesome.
1: And we have two games for you. One here is Alchemy 101 from Empire Games. <laughs> Alrighty. And a copy of Chicken Clash. Yeah. Aww. And because this is a photo. Social media scavenger hunt. We have given you some lens cleaner wipes to oh. make sure that you could take really good pictures next year. And I need it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. So our winner was Jocelyn
5: Martinez. And for you. As I do like happy dance. Right. Right, 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 right.
3: She gets you. excited and leaves. And could you it for fourth,
1: most you get. Uh, you're the welcome. Smash Winners Medal. Oh, I get a medal? Which oh. is a keychain. Let's look at
3: this medal. I get awesome. It's a smash medal. I'm
1: oh, sorry, I'm like so excited right now. I know, right? And because you're so excited, here's a fidget spinner to work off some of that excitement. She gets lots of stuff. She does. And she brains. also needs lots
3: more brains.
14: People really win at Scarab.
1: And she is of legal drinking age. So the full set of I drank what? I get with, my own one. With the expansions. <laughs> cool. Designated driver and Brie to Not Brie, <gasps> Along with their other drinking themed game, Oktoberfest. That's a fun Ooh. Game, with its playmat. I love that. It costs about 25 bucks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
5: Cool.
1: She also gets a bright colored keychain. And a copy of Kitten Clash. so you really do Daily miss. Magic Games, a very good sponsor of Scarab. And because I know you also do RPGs and things like that, you get a dice roller as well. Ooh. And a Pathfinder
6: book. Ooh. All right. But, but wait, There's wait. more.
1: There's more. Because again, this is a picture contest. You have a mobile phone telescope. Oh my- to take better pictures. That's cool. Thank you guys for participating. You will. I come back next year. Yeah. Have I'm fun so I won one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm okay. really happy. Now you go play with your toys. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Swarmcast here at Scarab 2019. And I've got, sitting at the booth with me, uh, somebody whos who's been on the show, actually, uh, a few times, I think.
7: Not too long ago.
3: That's right. So we have Donald. Hey,
7: Donald, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. It's a Saturday afternoon here at, or it is Saturday, yes, it is Saturday <laughs> afternoon here at, at Scarab.
3: Yes, it is. All, all few hours left. That your, your digs are
7: all fancified. you got brand new cards and everything.
3: I know, right? As you said, it's, it's very off-brand for us.
7: Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that to where people could hear me.
3: Well, I mean, our listener's not going to mind.
7: Oh, okay. All right. So if you're happy with it, I'm <laughs> happy with it. So last night I played a game.
3: Okay. What game did you play, Donald?
7: It was Wicked Pacts. Okay. And I don't remember what the scenario was called, uh, but uh, it's a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And in it, it's kind of, the guy explained it as sort of Harry Dresden universe with all the serial numbers filed off. Uh, okay.
3: Okay. I could see that.
7: So it's modern magic fantasy kind of thing, and uh, our group got sucked into an event. Uh-huh. And so I thought it was it was interesting because I'd never played the system before. Okay. Uh, for it, and and it's really what I wanted to play. And one of the guys with the company was running it. And so
3: right, that's from uh, Polyhedral Knights. Yes, yeah, uh, right. I, th- so, I, th- I think Mickey was probably running the game for you. That game. sounds Mickey correct.
7: Um, all signs point to my most likely yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all
3: right. So, uh, can you tell us something good, then, about Wicked Packs?
7: Well, uh, the system, once you sort of understood the basic premises, it, it worked pretty well. It was, it was understandable,
0: mm-hmm.
7: and it didn't get in its own way. So, I, I, I like that about it. Okay. Okay. Um, in, in it, basically, you have it tells you how many dice you're going to roll for a thing. There's a great variety of dice that you'll be using. and So, you're going to use your full set of polyhedrals. Instead of, uh, hey, we're all using D6s or we're all using D20s.
0: Oh,
3: okay. Well, that's... In this day and age, that's actually a little unusual. Right. <laughs>
7: it, it, it feel like they were trying to be a little crunchier, but yet it also... Maybe it was the way the scenario was presented or the characters were presented. It was pretty streamlined.
3: Okay. Well, is there anything that you can tell us that, uh, that was bad or perhaps negative about um, your experience, at least?
7: Well, okay. I couldn't tell in the end necessarily what my targets were going to be what i was trying to roll to to get success okay uh and i didn't care so much because uh, the gm seemed like he was going to be able to make it fun whether i failed or succeeded it wasn't going to be just a take two hit points or die gotcha. know, kind of thing gotcha. uh but i felt like that that transparency on what i was trying to accomplish might might have used a little bit a little bit more clarity
3: i gotcha i gotcha so what can you tell us then to, to go into this, to our other category here for,
7: well, for your the experience? C- the other category, I think, is that uh, one of the reasons why you should come to Scarab, and that is you've got actual publishers who are here showing off their games or reps from the companies, whether yeah. or not they're not the publishers, and that they'll be here sort of showing you how to play. So if you have a stupid question, and, and I had a few of them, uh, or you come up with a <laughs> bad, bad plan, they're going to be able to, to sort of help you get through this in the game. And so while it doesn't relate specifically to the game, which I guess is why I'm putting it in the ad- other category, Okay. Um, okay. That, that that's that. And the I think the other other thing is that as neat as it is, I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be a breakout hit game. I think it's going to be if your group likes it, you're going to like it, but I don't think it's going to catch on like Dread did uh, or fiasco or something like that it's just it feels like it's kind of trading over some of the same ground but if you didn't like the way fiasco or fate dresden files worked then it's definitely worth looking at
3: okay and one of the other good things about uh the polyhedral knights their their stuff is they they have a the base system but they have different flavors to it as well so you just happen to play the harry dresden version of that right 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 so that's cool Okay, well, uh, well, thank you, Donald, for, for stopping by no, and telling me about If yeah, the, the genre,
7: rec- you know, interests you, to check it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, thank you for recording about it.
3: Yeah, thank you. Blah. Scarab 2019 is going in full effect, and there's a lot of people... Oh, it's very quiet right now because everybody's playing games or preparing to play games. Um, except for one man who's at the table with me right now, who, he, who just has to say something. We have uh, Chris, Chris, who's, at, who's the ShushCon uh, RPG Pharaoh's uh, Challenger winner. That's right. From 2018. 2018, that's right. Last year. Yep. So, so Chris, uh, have you been having a good time at Scarab?
14: I've been having a great time so far. Um, I've been trying to run stuff, uh-huh. um, but mostly I've been jumping in other people's games.
3: Okay, well, um, that's still good, too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, what game are we going to be talking about right,
14: right now? Uh, we are talking about uh, Force and Destiny. Um, it uses the Genesis system by um, Fantasy Flight Games, mm-hmm. uh, which is their own dice system for special for, dice with yeah. special faces.
3: Right, and it's a Star Wars thing. And yes, and I believe you guys said uh, you were using some sort of uh, Jedi expansion, so you guys were all playing a uh, uh, jedi's. If I yes, so.
14: or at least we all had Jedi powers um, okay. built into our characters from the get go.
3: So why don't you tell me something good about? Um, about your experience with this game, this Force and Destiny game? Um, One of the
14: great things about the game was uh, it was actually quite easy to get into. Uh, It was one of the introductory systems that came with the game, but um, from the get-go, it was pretty simple. Uh, Once you understand the dice system...
3: Yeah, because it uses, you're right, like you said, the the custom dice. Right, special
14: custom dice. Once you get used to Mm -hmm. the fact that there's four different results, really, everything's kind of simple, it's just um, the GM tells you how many dice you're rolling, um, and then you add your little modifiers to roll bigger or smaller dice, okay. um, so it's not really that crunchy. Uh, there was a lot of opportunities for um, roleplay, there's a little system in the game where uh, the force kind of flows back and forth between the players and the GM with tokens on the board um, so oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you can flip them over to give yourself advantages or to add story elements uh, for yourself But then it gives the GM the power to do the same back to you. And the GM really encouraged letting that flow back and forth a lot. And I'd say we probably, we had five tokens and they probably swung back and forth at least four or five times (laughs) in our four hour game. So uh, there was a lot of extra elements that we threw on ourselves, which really made it fun.
3: That's cool. Is there, is there something you could tell us that was uh, perhaps bad about about your experience? Um...
14: The worst thing I would say, and this may have been because it was introductory, um, I accidentally murdered everything we encountered (laughs) with ease that I was not expecting. Well, you were a Jedi. Uh, That's what happened. Yes, and yet I used an elephant gun and just basically killed everything.
3: Jedi with an elephant gun.
14: Yes. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, No, I'm going to put that on the fact that it was introductory and everything we were fighting was a little weaker and I had the longest range gun Um, but basically right before a brawler could get in range every time um, it was dead and (laughs) many times it was with me trying to sandbag my turns to go late as possible right Um, though when we were in the not fighting portions of the game a lot of the uh, you know the bad plans the uh, talking scenarios and such everyone really got a turn to come around and play it was just those combat systems that okay kind of ran into that That weird flow yeah
3: well what can you tell us that goes into our other category for for this game for this force and destiny game
14: something unusual I'd say it's definitely as I said before these little uh, force tokens that you give back and forth to the GM Um, because maybe in one portion I was trying to get a creature to chase us um, so we could throw a little extra into an ambush and the GM threw a little extra back um (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, um, I mean, he increased the, you know, we said, oh, we have this giant monster chasing us. We're running into the fight with this thing on our heels. Uh, (laughs) The GM said, all right, I'm doubling what's trying to kill you because they heard it coming. But at the same time, it was scenarios where, you know, we come flying down and we're like, well, we're going to use one of our own tokens to uh, come flying down like a rock. Everything turned off and I can get it on in time. (laughs) Um, So I'd say... That's probably the unusual thing about the scenario was the fact that you could really just mess up everything with these tokens uh-huh. uh, back and forth, and it really added a fun element to the
3: game. Well, that's pretty cool. So, well, thank you then, Chris, for uh, stopping by the booth then and, and uh, talking with me absolutely. about your experience playing uh, <laughs> yes. Force and Destiny and absolutely and murdering things as a Jedi with an elephant gun. Absolutely.
14: <laughs> Nothing better. <laughs>
3: Alright, so we're here at Scarab twenty nineteen. And uh Brent has, has walked over to the table to tell me some stuff about his experience in a Pathfinder game that he's uh, that he's been playing in.
11: Yeah, that's unusual for me. So it is kind of <laughs> unusual.
3: So so how's it going, Brent? You been having a good time?
11: Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. Okay. Still got a little little time to go, but uh
3: Right, yeah. Still a couple a couple hours though.
11: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a yeah, so, little, little little backstory. We've yeah. been, we've been uh, playing this home game for Pathfinder in, uh, the Iron Gods Adventure Path. Uh-huh. Uh, about two and a half years we've been going with it. Oh, wow. One of our players moved to Columbia and so it was going to be difficult to finish the campaign. Gotcha. So we're like, hey, why don't we why just don't we do meet today? up at Scarab, at Scarab and finish up yeah. the campaign. I so like we're, it. We're playing at 17th level.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly.
11: <laughs> uh, so I'm playing the frontline fighter for our group uh-huh. um, Not, it's not a big spoiler who's also now the black sovereign of Numeria um, <laughs> so builds a big sword just runs up and hits things huh. nothing real special just lots of damage oh wow alright so we're uh, exploring some of these Numerian ruins and we walk into this room and get ambushed by some robots and gargoyles like I said not, not big spoilers but anyway uh-huh. I'm kind of specialized in taking out robots, you know, kind of like almost like a favorite enemy thing. Even though I'm not a ranger. Gotcha. <laughs> and so, one of the robots is right next to me when my turn comes up. So, I attack it. I crit. I also have impaling critical, so sword gets stuck in them. Oh. <laughs> but they died, and I'm just like, you know what? I want to try this new sword I got recently that's supposed to be good against robots. Uh-huh. So I left the sword stuck in that robot. <laughs> next okay. turn comes up. I go over to the other robot. With the new sword, I also crit with it, but I get, like, minimum damage. I still killed it because some of the other party members had done some damage to it, but I'm like, uh-huh. I hate this sword now because like, it did <laughs> minimum damage, right? I'm like, this is not good at killing robots. I'm much better with it, right? So I leave that <laughs> sword stuck in that one. So now all that's left is some gargoyles. So I move up to a gargoyle, and I reach back for another sword, and I'm like, wait a minute, looking on my character sheet. I, I sold my my other swords. Um, <laughs> because we needed money. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? Uh, so I'm just like, oh, he's got a battle axe. Let me see if I can just disarm him of it, you know, and maybe <laughs> maybe roll high enough that I get to hold on to it and I can, like, you know, get and him with his you, own weapon. So you take it from um, him. And <laughs> so I take it from him, but I didn't roll high enough to hold on to it. Okay. So I'm like, i like, I don't know what to do. I punch him. <laughs> okay. And I killed him. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So that, so that that was a joke for a little bit of like why even bother using weapons just punch just everything punch you know? so the next time I came across <laughs> gargoyles because the character's not exactly the most intelligent you know frontline fighter right you yeah. know more more physicality than than mental um, <laughs> so next time I come across gargoyles, I don't even bother drawing my sword. I just run up and punch them and then I'm disappointed I didn't kill them in one hit you know <laughs> I'm like this worked last time why not this time
3: So you're like oh I, I'm gonna ditch these these hands now yeah. Because they clearly don't work. <laughs> yeah.
11: So, went back to using the sword again, and everything was okay. <laughs> so, uh, last night, kind of our our last uh, thing before uh, breaking for the night, uh-huh. is we went to a um, holographic planetarium. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I walk in, all these big planets and stars and stuff are being projected all over this big circular room. You know, it all looks real pretty and everything. Uh-huh. But we knew that there was going to be a dragon in here. Okay. okay. And of course, you know, it was like hiding behind one of the planets, you know, holograms. (laughs) because, yeah.
3: That's kind of cool. Yeah.
11: And so, we're fighting this dragon in this big room. So, my character, again, not the smartest, (laughs) had a plan because we, we had a lot of information about this dragon and we were able to get some knowledge checks and stuff, kind of knew its abilities and things. Uh So, uh, when I, right before we went into the room, I had the wizard Cast enlarge, so I was larger size, and <laughs> okay. so I just run okay. up to the to the dragon and you know do some damage to it to kind of aggro it, right? right? So on its turn, it does its special breath weapon, which is actually the opposite. It creates a vortex. They call it a vortex dragon, uh, okay. and it and it sucks you in, and so I get sucked into it. <laughs> so I'm now okay. in its stomach, and I'm like, my plan is working, <laughs> 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 and so it's like flying around this room, which I you know, not being a caster, not having, you know, a lot of magic items for movement and stuff, you know, this was going to be a pretty difficult battle for me to just keep up with it. But now I'm inside of it. But now you're
3: inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't care. Problem
11: solved. So, so, you know, my, yeah. So the, well, the big problem was that I normally use two-handed weapons. And so (laughs) I couldn't use a two-handed weapon because I was effectively grappled while I was in a stomach. But I was enlarged. So all I had to do was drop my sword, it then got smaller, oh. and then pick, it, then back pick up, it back and up, and now it's one a one-handed <laughs> weapon. And so then, on my turn, that's what I did, and I cut my way out of it, and so I'm now, like, across the room, <laughs> and I pop <laughs> out. <laughs> and I'm like, my plan is working great. <laughs> and so it only lasted, like, another round or two before I'd, we we took it out. But, uh... Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's my, uh my Pathfinder stories that I wanted to share this year
8: that's
11: of, uh, of actually getting to play. Like I said, I don't get to do that often. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Pretty, pretty memorable. That's, you know, my character and not just, not you know, just, a monster yeah, or something or that something does something else, cool, yeah. you know? Um, Th-
3: that's really cool.
11: So <laughs> yeah. So we got, uh, uh, we're, we're in a, a battle right now with, uh, uh, some more gargoyles. And one of them is, uh, uh some sort of caster of some sort. Um, Oh. Not not really too sure about it, but uh, so it's, so it's like another boss battle we're going on right now. But oh my uh, gosh. we'll see how that turns out. Okay. And then uh, we're we're getting we're getting close to the end, so I um well, I I think we're gonna make it. I think is, be okay. is this
3: is this like close to the end of the actual campaign itself? Yeah, the entire campaign. Oh wow.
11: Yeah. So this is like all culminating at once.
3: Oh. wow. So yeah,
11: the the battle we're in right now. You know, we did okay with like most of the mooks and stuff. You know, the boss uh-huh. is kind of untouched at this point, but uh, our wizard did did die. But our cleric is on the job, so we'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if he can get to him in time. Oh wow. I don't think it'll be a big issue, but uh, yeah,
3: that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that <laughs> I'm amused by the the solution to the uh, dragon yeah and exactly like in her in, in that character's
11: mind is like that is literally the best possible scenario yeah, he because otherwise i'm gonna have to be relying on casters to, to somehow get me to, to, get, to get me up to, to it and dragon. stuff. yeah so you know if it swallows me that i'm gonna be You'll with be it the there. whole time and yep. i'm good
3: <laughs> well very cool very cool brent um, i'm glad you came by and told and uh Share these stories. Yeah, think. I, those, I, I are figured, really, those are both really good. Ones.
11: Yeah, yeah, I figured it'd be a little bit different than usual, you right, know, right. not PFS. And, right, right. And you and usually get more board game stuff anyway. That's so, true. And, yeah. and it's something also different to go with it. It's
3: also different because it's you actually p- getting to play a game, yeah. too.
11: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it feels more special that way. Okay. okay. The, the character I've been playing for two and a half years and leveled up 17 yeah. levels doing these awesome things, you yeah. know, yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I hope you've had a, a great time at Scarab And uh, I hope you hope you guys uh, Come through this uh, <laughs> Come through the Iron, Iron Gods successfully
11: Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be alright
3: Alright, well, cool uh, Well, thanks Brent Thanks yeah, for stopping by and
11: doing this Bzzz.
3: Scarab 2019 Is going, going on and going well And right now I have John, John with me at the table Hey, how's it going? Good so you were playing, in you've uh, played in a few kids' tracks uh, games mm-hmm. since you've been here, right? Yep. So which one do you want to talk to me about right now?
2: Uh, Pathfinders. Okay. Uh,
3: did you have fun playing it?
2: Yes. So
3: what what uh what type of character did you play? I
2: played a cleric named Kira.
3: Ah. Okay. And um, what was it a what type of adventure was it?
2: Um, I don't really know. <laughs> Like, so, like, what do you mean by what? I mean,
3: did you just have to, were you going through a dungeon fighting yeah, monsters Yeah, we were trying to
2: find um, a, like, kind of like a shepherd staff or whatever that was very okay. valuable. And there were two fakes, um, or no, there was just one real and one fake. We had to figure out which one was real or, or fake.
3: Okay. Well, why don't you tell me something uh, something good, something positive about your experience playing this this game? Uh,
2: the players were very nice. Um, okay. It was challenging but not too hard. I think it, right. it was a very good adventure. The characters were, like, pretty good. There was a fighter, mm-hmm. rogue, wizard, and cleric. So.
3: Okay. Well, can you think of anything uh bad that you want to that you can think about about the the game itself or the experience
2: anything what bad it was just kind of a bit short
3: oh so it was just too short yeah. you want you wanted to play more right? mm-hmm. okay i i know how that goes <laughs> anything else anything other kind of a uh, unusual or or even uh, other interesting thing you want to say about about playing pathfinder
2: uh no it was a pretty good game otherwise
8: okay
3: well cool well, thank you for for coming here and telling me about yep. about playing Pathfinder, John. I hope you have more fun playing uh, other games at at Scarab this year.
2: Uh mm-hmm. All, right.
3: All right. Swarmcast podcast is here at Scarab twenty nineteen, and at the booth right now to tell me about her experience playing playing some games um, is Catherine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, so what game are you going to talk to me about?
2: The My Little Pony Pet predicament.
3: Okay. Did you have fun playing?
2: Yes. Uh,
3: what what type of character did you play?
2: I played a Pegasus named Phoenix Fire, whose cutie mark was a phoenix.
3: <laughs> cool. Cool. Was this your first time playing uh, this yeah. particular? Yes. it was. Okay. Are are you a, are you a My Little Pony fan or?
2: No, but the cool thing about this adventure was you didn't have to know what you didn't have to know what My Little Pony was or uh-huh. what the basic plotline was to actually have fun playing the game.
3: Oh, that's very good. So would you say, would that be the, the thing you'd want to say was, was the good thing, the positive experience you had with this game? Yes,
2: though there were a couple more good things about the game.
3: Okay, like what?
2: Like that your character was pretty much fully customizable,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: it wasn't just a everything is sweet, everything is good. Like at the end, there, it's it's got a sequel, and the end is a really good cliffhanger that wants you it really makes you want to come back.
3: Oh, that sounds really fun.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: what well, can you tell us? Anything uh, anything bad or anything in the n- negative category for
2: this? The only negative thing is if a really, really serious. My Little Pony fan comes and plays with you and tells you how you <laughs> should do it <laughs> uh-huh. or things about the movie that really don't need to be discussed. Like they know all of this s- side stuff that you don't really right. need for the adventure. That's just like serious My Little Pony fan. Play. I got you.
3: I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever play a, a Star Wars game, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Anything that you want to tell us that could go into our other category? Anything unusual or or something that just really stood out for you?
2: One thing that stood out was it doesn't necessarily... You don't have to be really young or older it, makes, it just makes a lot of sense, and it's easy to understand, and it's a really good role-playing game.
3: I admit, there's been times when I've been curious about trying to game, too, so. so very cool. Well, uh, Catherine, I want to thank you for sitting down here and talking with me about the My Little Pony role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you had fun. I uh, hope you have more fun playing other games here at Scarf this year. Thank you. All right.
4: Hey, this is Taurus. Um, go ahead and leave the SwarmCast a message. Remember our number, area code 803-470-4439. Maybe we'll use our message on the air. Who knows?
3: Hey there, Toast. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, yeah?
4: Well, you know, pretty good, pretty good, pretty
3: good. <sighs> so, hey, 2020 is just around the corner. It's, um, coming up in January, so you know what that means. Our William Gibson vision of the future is coming? Well... Um, I guess, but no, that's not quite what I was talking about. Oh, uh, you're talking about Scarab's 10th anniversary. That's right. You <laughs> guessed it. Scarab's 10th year anniversary is coming right up in 2020. Awesome. And there's all sorts of big stuff that is going to be planned for this. Why, here's just some of it. Lots, let
13: Hey everyone. This is Pete from Rage Quit Wire. We got an exciting announcement. January 18th and 19th of 2020. We're gonna be running a Guild Ball Tournament at the Scarab Gaming Convention in Columbia, South Carolina. It's gonna be Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 4 p.m. It's either gonna be one large tournament or two smaller tournaments, depending on size and attendance. It's gonna be $100 prize support per 10 people, so the more we get signed up, the more swag we get. Trophies are gonna be provided for the champion of the tournament, best painter, and sportsmanship. It's only $40 for the entire convention weekend. That's a special price for Guild Ball players. If you are interested in registering, email pete at rage.quit.wire at gmail.com. Looking forward to having people sign up and rolling some dice and throwing some salt.
3: If you're interested in being a vendor or vendor space at Scarab 2020, please check out our website under our dealers and our downloads section for applications, we are now accepting them right now. In Scarab 2020, we're going to have the return of the Warhammer 40k tournaments. And we're also going to have, of course, the, re- the welcome return of Warm hordes as always. Some battle tech, those guys are always cool. And we're also going to be welcoming Guild Ball to the scene. So if you're into miniatures... Come check out Scarab
4: 2020. We're gonna have all sorts of stuff going on. It's gonna be great. Also, don't forget to check out Scarab on all of their social media outlets. They're on Facebook, Twitter. They're on Instagram. There's a uh, there is a thing on there from YouTube, but uh, I think it's a little old. But they might be in the process of updating that. And of course, check out their website for the links to all of this at www.s-c-a-r-a-b.com. That's right, scared with a bunch of dashes in it. <sighs> well, everybody, the show's finally over. That's it. You can go back to your normal life again. Though it's probably never going to be the same. You can find the Swungast podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you think. Heck, give us a good review on either iTunes and TunedIn In, Stitcher. Heck, I think we're putting stuff out on YouTube now, if that's kind of your thing. Anyway, subscribe, like, whatever. All through those different guys. Or you can grab the RSS feed from our website, which is swarmcastpodcast.com. That's all one word. And you can also email us at swarmcastpodcast, again one word, at gmail.com. Why not? Or you can leave us a message at area code 803-470-4439. And we'll probably play it on the air if you're lucky. Maybe. (laughs) So, until next time, keep on gaming. And when you think of toast, think of me! Music on
3: the cats podcast is by iFightDragons at iFightDragons.com, MC Lars at mclars.com, The Droids at droidsmusic.bandcamp.com, and Steam Powered Giraffe at steampoweredgiraffe.com.
6: Good morning, the spine! Good morning, rabbits! Good morning, the john! Good afternoon! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you guys ready? Uh, well, let's get back and get back on track in the lovely morning sun. we got a song in our heart and a dream in our heads. Hearts in our heads and dreams of a song. We'll sing it all day long. Come on and pour that train with me. I've got a one-way ticket to destiny. A one-way road to my future. And a two-way love with the special girl. She's gonna be right back, right back in my arms. That road is long, you can't go wrong. With blue skies up above. We got the sun in our face and the wind in our wheels. Smile for the day and sail to the stars. Make a wish and see. Come on, Take it to destiny, a one way road to my future, and an intersection that will seal my fate. as a man so happy, happy to be free. As we roll along with this train ride song, you know we'll meet lots of friends, like the cowboy. A samurai boy, what a combo, holy cow, what a guy. The conductor plays a bass, and the train it has a face. The stormy days our serpents swarm around the tree Under a cloud That won't stop Crying Raining down On a mountain that speeds Fire The sky A one-way road to our future and a two-way love that we know so well That is all you need to A one-way ticket to destiny you. A one-way road to our future and a two-way love that we know so well To destiny, a one-way road to our future, and a two-way love that we know so well. Cause that is all you need to live. That is all you need to live. Love is all you need to live. Love is all you who need to live.